episode of Let's Talk Deer, brought to you by Grandpa Ray Outdoors, owned by Mr. John O'Brien. John's a Midwestern guy. He's around the Minnesota, Wisconsin area. He's been an agronomist uh, for over 29 years. So he knows seed, he knows soil, and he knows what white-tailed deer need. John has a large seed company, Grandpa Ray Outdoors, but also he's in educating. He's one of the best educators seminar platform speaker uh, communicator for soil water and cover the soil brings the food the water hydrates and the cover keeps them safe so that's what whitetail needs so any questions at all about seed go to grandparayoutdoors.com let's talk deer does receive compensation from grandpa ray outdoors for mention him on my show. Welcome. This is Thursday afternoon. It's April 2nd, and this is Bruce Hutchin, your host at Let's Talk Deer. And I'm heading out to Wisconsin uh, to Dodgeville and a good friend, Art Helen. And Art's a good friend of uh, John O'Brien, and John O'Brien, as you know, uh, sponsors Let's Talk Deer. Well, Art, there's a lot of stuff going on, but the most important thing going on right now for us hunters is turkey season. So we're going to talk about tips and techniques and i know did wisconsin start yet or is it just ready to roll off yeah just ready next uh not this coming weekend the 11th and 12th easter weekend would be uh youth season so they're gonna you know that that kicks off youth season and then we have a break for a couple days and then uh on wednesday so that'd be what the 15th uh yeah, I believe the 15th or the 16th is when it uh, will start kicking off here. And then our seasons run a Wednesday through Tuesday, uh, six different seasons. So that's when we'll start. All right. And so they end sometime in May, don't they? Yeah, this year it's a little earlier. A lot of times it's uh, the last week in May. Um, so this year, because it'd be six weeks, I'm guessing it's going to be in that 20, 20th range, 22nd, somewhere in that. I don't have a calendar up in front of me, but um, that'll be, you know, that last, so like I said, you start the 15th, 16th of April, and you'll run seven days and another seven days and seven, so you do that for your six weeks, and that'll take you right up to just about the end of May. All right, and as far as we know, um, we know Nebraska has shut down for people who didn't have tags before April, or had tags before April 1st, they could hunt. Anybody buying a tag after March 30th or 31st cannot hunt. Hunting, they're not selling. Basically, Nebraska shut down tag selling. Yep, for non-residents. If you're a resident, you can still buy. But if you hadn't purchased your tag before that March 30th um, at like 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the afternoon, then they just shut it down. Now, Kansas, Kansas is goofy too where – if you look at the Kansas regulations, if you are from certain states, New York, New Jersey, Florida, some of the really um, high populated states that have a lot of cases of COVID right now, if you come into the state to hunt, when you get there, you are supposed to be on a mandatory 14-day lockdown before you can even hunt. So you're oh supposed to get to either your motel or to take your camper and park it wherever and you can't do anything for 14 days or see anybody before you start hunting um which is i'm not sure how they're going to regulate that but that's uh and so there's all kinds of crazy things happening i mean we talked about alaska shutting down spring bear season there's 
Uh, you know, we had a learn to hunt, big turkey um, learn to hunt program coming up. We had to shut that down. Our turkey banquet's been postponed until later this year. Um, you know, for me, a lot of my turkey hunting is because I like the camaraderie of turkey hunting, and we'll kind of get into that, why I like turkey hunting so much, is because you get to spend time with these people. Well, now we have this six-foot rule unless you are living in the same house with somebody. So technically, I'm not even supposed to you know, go over and visit my parents right now um, unless I'm talking to them over six feet away. We, we can't be in those groups. We can't, you know, because they don't live here. It's me and my wife and my dog that live in the house anymore. And so, you know, and even my, my wife and I, because she's a nurse, um, and because I'm still deemed with my other job and with my media job, um, we're deemed essential. So I'm still traveling, doing things. So we kind of try to keep our distance, um, you know, which is kind of different, you know, because it's it's me and my wife and we travel together, we hunt together, we do everything together. So it's been a little different lifestyle to get used to. And again, with the season coming up, so now what we're doing is I'm actually meeting with the people that I'm taking next weekend on this youth hunt. And what I'm going to do with them is they're going to meet me out there in their car. We'll go to where we're going, figure out where we can get two blinds set up or a blind set up and myself set up against a tree in a different area where we can still communicate, which I think how we're going to communicate because technically we can't tell people where they are, even though we're that close. Um, so I think what I'm going to do is use my Walker game ears with the, you know, turn the volume up and have their dad hear me so he can hear me. Um, just say, hey, you know, you got to get the kids ready. There's a bird coming. Um, so he understands that and can get directions from me um, without us having two-way conversation back and forth. And that way, hopefully, you know, those Walker Game Ears work and he can he can hear me that way. But, you know, so there's, there's a lot of things that we have to come up with and try to figure out here uh, with the new lifestyle. And one thing, folks, I'll just, you know, public service announcement if, if you are planning on hunting turkey hunting any place you know just get on don't listen to the social media please just get on go to dnr for that state and say make the phone call because a lot of their offices are closed but um they do have um the websites are, are live and they're getting all updates as much as they can so just do your favorite before you drive a couple hundred miles or 10 hours and find out, Oh, you can't hunt. I can't sell you a license. Well, you gotta, you gotta figure that out. Uh, the best way I would do it, Walmart sells licenses in just about every state. So I would call the Walmart store and say, are you selling Turkey licenses for unit two in Kansas, whatever. And, and that's how I would do it. If I couldn't get a hold of the DNR. Um, so just be smart and you know, it's, it's different, but, um, you know, um, hand signals don't work because turkeys see so darn well, you know, so you can't use hand signals. So you're just going to have to figure out, um, you know, how to do it. And, and you're going to have to figure out how to do it legally, you know. So I've got to call into the DNR to find out how that even works, you know, as far as communication with walkie-talkies, with things like that, because some states won't allow you to use walkie-talkies. Some won't allow you um, – 
to to use even like the Walker game. So before all this stuff happens, that's our plan and how we want to do it. But I do have a call in to our local game warden to find out what is legal and what isn't legal and if we can do that. You know, cuz obviously we're going to be filming our hunts. So when we're filming them for the show, I got to make sure that everything's legal and, and running right. Right. And I think I mentioned before, but Own the Season TV, Art Helen Outdoors, and Wild Reflections Photography are arts um, businesses. And he is, you know, up to his neck in, in media with uh, Own the Season TV because, as you m- can imagine, a lot of companies need content and they don't have any. And that's the thing is with this, a lot of people that are heading out doing their spring hunts right now including ourselves you know we've got a team of 10 that films for us thankfully but a lot of people are out there right now trying to you know calling me or we're calling other people say hey you know do you have content do you have this type of content we're looking for this because right now we're trying to build stuff that we'd hope we have already but we can't go to this state and hunt or we can't go to this state and hunt things are locked down Um, and some of it isn't that you can't go but some of it is depending on the job that you're in, you know, like some of the doctors, nurses, even not only doctors and nurses, but some of it have it that as employers are telling their employees, if you leave the state and travel out of state and come back in, you're on a mandatory 14 day, no pay because it was your choice to leave. You know, if some of them, if it's their jobs, they understand, but if you do it on your own, they're saying, I'm not going to pay you. So, you know, you look at that and say, well, do I want to go two weeks without getting paid just to go shoot a turkey? <laughs> a lot of people are saying, no, I really don't want to. So they're staying home, and so they're losing all that content. They're losing that. So right now, everybody in this industry is working together, and we're trying to find ways around it. So there is more content out there. There's there's more availability um, for people to watch stuff because right now, let's face it, People are getting bored sitting in their house. I mean, when you're in your house for two weeks, this is a whole new norm. You know, you start, I look across the room and go, I don't know who that good looking woman is over there, but maybe I should ask her out. And I go, hey, that's my wife. You know, I haven't seen her for a while. It's, you know, it's, it's some of this stuff is just, um, it's a new norm to stay home. And I think there's some good things that will come out of this because I think, you know, as being a Christian and, going to church and and going to Catholic school through, you know, for eight years of my life, I look at it and over the years, everybody's got so busy with sports. Everybody's got so busy with their jobs. Everybody's got so busy running kids and doing this and that, that we forgot what supper time with our families are. We forgot, you know, spending that time watching, you know, Lassie on TV or, you know, some of those old classics, different things, you know, just sitting down and laughing with your kids and having fun, that I think this might hopefully bring some of that stuff back to families and they'll find out that some of these sports, some of these things aren't as important as we thought they were and realize that family is what family is and family is what you really at the end of the day, that's what you got. So treat them like family and love them, you know, as deep as you can. And uh, so that... You know, I, I'm hoping that some good things come out of this lockdown. Uh, the financial end, the different things like that, probably aren't going to be good for a lot of people, and, and my heart goes out to all those people. It really does. Uh, but, you know, hopefully they see the bright side of it and, and we can come back together as a country and be stronger 
and realize what these relationships are. So, Hey, great insight, Art. Thanks about that. So for all of us that are planning on going turkey hunting someplace, um, let's talk about tips and techniques of um, – because as, as far as I know, turkey season, there's an early season, and then when, once they start getting henned up, it, it, it kind of changes. Kind of Henned up is kind of like the lockdown period to me, my understanding of the whitetail. So let's just break down the various seasons and tips and techniques for each of those um, parts or portions of turkey season. Okay. It. Yeah, there's, you know, when I when I look at it, and um, again, with turkey hunting and you know, my passion is deer, big deer. My second passion is turkeys. Um, and some days it might be opposite. It might be turkeys and then deer. I really like growing big deer and hunting big deer. But the thing I really like about turkeys before I start this is it's got that camaraderie. It's got the people. So you can take youth. You can take disabled. You can take the weathers a little bit better. You can hunt with family you can sit next to each other you can have a little bit of a conversation um you can sit in blinds together there's so much more you can do and a turkey's a turkey i mean if it's got a beard you shoot it in the face i mean that's just the way it is it comes in and you're like hey guess what you know it's a legal bird shoot it nobody says hey man what did that turkey score there's a few people that really get into the nwtf books but 95 percent of everybody says what did that turkey score i don't know well, how long was the beard? Ten inches. Hey, great bird. That's it. You know, or how long were the spurs? They don't care. Where, you know, you look at it and they say, hey, I, can I hunt over here for turkeys? Yeah, it's just a turkey. Can I hunt over here for deer? Oh, absolutely not, man. I've been chasing this deer for five years now, and this deer is, you know, bullwinkle, and I'm not going to let anybody hunt that and this and that. And then it jumps the fence, and then they hate their neighbor for the next 10 years because the neighbor shot that deer that they think was theirs, and it really truly isn't theirs. It's whoever's side of the fence it's on. But with a turkey, they could care less. And that's why I, I enjoy that turkey hunting. Um, so with that all said, I guess to break down your seasons now is, you know, the way I look at it in Wisconsin, it's just like any other one. So there's, refer to it as in deer hunting. There's a, you know, pre-rut or what I call pre-breeding, breeding, which I call, um, you know, when you when you get into that, or, you know, early season is a jealousy phase, middle two weeks is a dominance phase, um, you know, you get into your last, and these birds are just, they're out searching, trying to find those last, uh, it's a desperation stage, is what I call that, is the last two weeks. So, you know, with deer, it's, it's kind of like they're pre-rut, rut, and post-rut, you know, it's pre-breeding, breeding, and post-breeding, but with different names and, and a little bit different reactions somewhat. You know, so if you look at it, when you look at those first two weeks, no matter what state you're in, I call that the jealousy stage because these birds still are, are breaking up. There's a lot of birds that have found their hens, uh, but there's a lot of them are still breaking up. You've got your groups of two-year-olds that you see three or four toms together. A couple of them are strutting, or one of them is strutting, and the rest are in half strut. Uh, you get a whole bunch of jakes together, and then you get that one lone tom that's out with five or six or ten hens or whatever by himself. Well, what happens in this um, is during this stage is uh, these birds start 
looking at each other and they're I don't really I shouldn't say it's jealous but they're they look at him and they say all right why is that bird with my hens he shouldn't be with them okay it's uh you look at the two-year-olds most two-year-olds this is when a lot of your two-year-olds are killed in those first two weeks because that bird comes in and one of them is the dominant bird that's the strutter the rest of them are half strut and it's the dominance phase i'm sorry jealousy is in the middle dominance right now and they're trying to figure out who is the most dominant bird at this point in time of the year so they're already fighting they're already doing this and that's why everything else is in half strut and one is in strut is because he is the dominant bird so to have fun when that happens is you shoot that bird that's in full strut and then you stay there and sit next to the tree and watch and all those other ones will come up and beat him up to try to establish who's dominant next you know, and so that, that's kind of fun to do once in a while and watch that. Um, but you've got to establish that dominance. And so during this phase, I really, what I like to do is with my decoy setups, is I will change my decoys and I will put that half strut Jake out there. I won't put a Tom. I'll put that half strut Jake and I'll put it, pro oh, three, four feet away from a breeding hen that's you know halfway in the ground ready she looks like she's sitting about ready to be bred and then i'll put a um, another hen a feeding hen off to the side the feeding hen is just to show relaxation so nothing is alert nothing's all scared in there what happens is that bird comes over the hill sees that dominance and usually it's a two-year-old bird because he's been kicked out by that older bird that's with those hens now and he comes over the hill and sees this jake this Jake is at half strut, never goes into strut. So now all of a sudden he's like, hey, guess what? I'm strutting. I am the more dominant bird here. So he'll move in to beat that Jake up, take over that hen. And that's, so at this stage, you know, that's what I really like to do is look at that and keep that distance. Um, and I try to call a little less during this time frame of year because what happens during this time of of the year is there's still so many hens out there they're not on nest yet so as there's so many hens you know we're trying to reverse nature out there so the more we call the more we try to sound sexy he's saying well then you come over here because that's what they do in nature the hens go to him that's why in the morning you'll hear him gobbling you'll hear the hen off in the distance hear her getting a little closer he gobbles and all of a sudden everything gets quiet because she goes to him you're trying to coax him to you so play a little harder to get to get him to come here. That's kind of, you know, during that first season, you know, kind of a quick wrap. That's what I like to do during that first couple weeks. Now, how long, so last a couple weeks then? Yeah, it's usually a couple weeks, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what state you are. It's just that some move a little earlier than others. Like you get down to Florida because of the weather and conditions and everything's earlier. And with the sunlight, you know, their sunlight because of where they are, things happen a little bit earlier turkey breeding season and, and this is every year i kind of giggle about this because people even in wisconsin and there are there's always that exception but people will look at it and say man it's 60 degrees out today and you know turkeys are going to be breeding early it's all on the length of day just like the rut you know when when the length of day gets shorter that starts triggering that breeding season in the spring with turkeys when it hits a certain length of day for being long that starts to trigger it however there's always that exception you know it's just like during the rut there's always those few does that'll get bred earlier or bred late the same with the turkeys 
as far as, you know, people say, well, I see this buck chasing this doe, you know, in September. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, I see turkey strutting in December or November. Yeah, they're guys, okay? The thing is, they're guys. They're just like any other guy in the world. They think about it 24-7. It's that she controls when it happens along with Mother Nature. So, you know, that's what you have to take into consideration. And it's not truly happening that they're breeding maybe a few but the majority tend to stay by these rules, you know. So once that first two weeks gets over and you start hitting that real hard breeding season, um, everything changes in the turkey woods. You know, I try to keep scouting all the time with trail cameras, with binoculars, with from distances, because their strut zones will change. The less hens that are out there after they've been bred, they're going to hit their strut zones at different times of day. They're going to get there. And they're going to sit on them longer, trying to get those hens to come to them. Well, now, as I said, this is your jealousy stage. You know, your, your first one, you're through that stage. Now you're getting to jealousy. What's happened is a lot of two-year-olds have got shot off. They've figured out who's dominant and who's not. So now all of a sudden that Tom's sitting there and he's like, okay, I am the dominant Tom in here because we've already done this for the past two, three weeks. So I switch up my decoys. Now I will either use that straight half strut Jake again, or I will use a full strut. A lot of times I still use a half just because of the intimidation that it's still not quite as intimidating. But what I'll do now is I will take it and I will actually set it right on top of that breeding hen. So I'll set the hen flat on the ground and then I will take him and I'll sit him right on top of her. So it looks like he's trying to breed her in half strut. And then I'll still have my feeding hen off to the side for relaxation. That's where the jealousy factor comes in. All of a sudden, he comes over the hill with five or six hens, and he sees that and says, whoa, wait a minute here. We've already been through the pecking order here. We fought everybody on this 80 acres or 60 acres or 500 acres, whatever. I know that I'm the dominant bird. Who are you and what are you doing with my lady? And that's what you need to do is trigger that and get him all of a sudden come over and wait a minute you know and, and trigger that instinct for him to come beat that bird up um, I get a little bit more aggressive now with my calling because there's less hens so you try to get his interest peaked and try to get him gobbling more at you just to get him to take a look and then get that jealousy to trigger um, a lot of times this time of year what happens is right away in the morning you can kill him right off the roost but it gets harder from that hour to hour and a half off the roost until that 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning because they start roosting closer and closer and closer together because there's less and less hens. And so she gets to him right away. And that's why at this time of year you hear a lot of birds gobbling and a lot of hens clucking. They fly down, they hit the ground, and within a half hour after on the ground, they shut up and it's dead quiet. And then pretty soon you hear him gobbling, he's going the other way. That's because she's taking him away. She's there. Turkeys run a route. And that's why I like trail cameras and I like to scout. They will run a route throughout a day. So they'll leave and they'll, you know, they fly down in section A, but they eat over here in section B at 2 o'clock in the afternoon as they run this route. That's why I use trail cameras a lot because I want to know exactly what that route is. Because if they're not in that field until 2 o'clock in the afternoon and that's where I can hunt, why do I want to be there 5 o'clock in the morning? Because I'm going to be bored stiff by 2 and I'm going to be gone at 
you know, and sit in the country kitchen getting something to eat, and I'll miss those birds. So be where they want to be at that time. And at this time of year, that's what happens is those numbers start getting smaller, so it's more crucial to figure out where they are and scout those areas and then use that proper setup. And, you know, as far as decoys go, a lot of people say, well, I can shoot a turkey without a decoy. I don't need a decoy. And you're right. I've killed a lot of them without. However, what they are is to put a bird in a position for you to shoot it and kill it. Because there's so many times, especially for myself as a, as a bow hunter, to shoot turkeys, I need to put that bird in a position. Um, youth hunters with shotguns. The problem is they don't know how to move yet. Or if you're sitting up against a tree and all of a sudden, I mean, I've had this happen to numerous hunters, and I could probably, if I could have people show of hands right now when we're talking about this, but I can't see anybody but you, Bruce, is, you know, has this ever happened? And has it ever happened to you where you're sitting up against a tree, and by the middle of the day, you're tired, you're taking a nap, you start calling, and all of a sudden that thing lights up right behind you? You know, ugh. If you don't have decoys out there, what happens is, you wake up and you wait Well, that bird comes up as you're calling and he still stands behind you because there's nothing else it sees. And it sits there and gobbles and gobbles and gobbles and then it turns around and walks away or you get impatient, you try to turn on it, you spook it and runs away. So, and it's happened numerous times where if you have those decoys, that is to give him something visual to look at to go to a point for you to not have to move to kill it. That's all they really truly are. So... Um, but yeah, as far as that middle two weeks, that middle section in there, um, that's the best way and break that down as far as decoys is, is tap into that jealousy factor, you know, put that half strut or that full strut almost right on top or right on top of that breeding hen, um, the other hen off to the side and, and get a little more aggressive with your calling. You got any questions right now? No, that's good. So basically we've got at, at the first two, uh, seasons we've got um three decoys that's all yep. we have right three decoys is, and and that's pretty much first and second or you know the first four seasons or the first four weeks they're pretty much all i use is, is those four and i and i truly like that um again that feeding hand just because I, I want that relaxation you know years ago they used to have those old ones that were you know compressed together um and a lot of people say well man these birds Way back in the old day, you'd get away with it because birds weren't as educated. Now they're educated. What that shows is that bird standing there in an upright position, it's saying that that bird's alert. Well, what's that mean? There's something around. There's something they need to take note of. So these birds become educated to that, and now they get nervous when they see that. So I've got away from all those alert hens and went to those you know, breeding hens and to feeding hens and, and uh, that three-quarter jake or a full strut jake so oh but now we move into those last two weeks which are difficult weeks um for a couple reasons one there's a lot less hens and the gobblers you're over that gobbling peak so a lot of guys don't like to hunt these as much because it's not as fun they're not gobbling as hard they're not out there as much um but you can kill some of your best birds ever with the biggest hooks you know i had a guy come up from illinois years ago and uh, we were out the end of fifth season, and he shoots his bird with inch and three-quarter hooks. I mean, just incredible hooks. And I went out there, and I'm like, oh, my God, you have no ideas what you just killed. And um, he's like, 
yeah, and he picks it up. He's yeah, but this thing seems pretty light. And I'm like, probably because it was your breeder. It's been running forever and ever and ever trying to breed hens. And uh, I said, this thing, the spurs on this is like equivalent to killing a Boone and Crockett whitetail. And he's like, yeah, but he's just not very heavy. <laughs> like, you want a heavy bird, shoot a two-year-old bird the first week because, you know, they're 25 to 28 pounds and, and big birds here in Wisconsin. And you're going to shoot an 18 to 20-pounder, you know, with great big hooks on it in that fifth or sixth season. You have that chance and that opportunity um, because those birds made it. They're a lot lighter, but not as many people like to hunt that. So you really have to change your tactics when you're hunting those late seasons like that. A lot of times, um, I don't hunt a lot of mornings when it comes to that because I hunt a lot more food sources where those hens are going to be because those hens and those gobblers are so tight during that fifth and sixth season. And, and roosting so close together, it's really hard to get in there. So that midday and that late afternoon, the other thing is, is this is about the same time of year in Wisconsin where they're planting all their egg fields. Well, you know, when you watch a farmer go through an egg field, right behind his planter, there's about 20 turkeys walking up and down the rows eating everything that he puts in. That's where those birds want to be. Well, it's a lot easier to kill them where they want to be. So you get out next to those fields, you get out next to those trees and now what you do is you switch up and I get rid of Jake decoys altogether. I have no male decoys at all. I have that breeder and I have the feeder and that's it. And that breeder I'll put out there and I'll call until I get that bird fired up and then I get quiet. Because what usually happens is he'll get fired up and you'll hear him gobble once or twice in that middle of the day. And then all of a sudden there's nothing. And it goes dead quiet for like 20 minutes. Well, they're coming in because they're done. They don't want to fight anymore. They've been through that for all those weeks. Now they're in that desperation stage. They know that days are getting short. They know breeding season's about over. So they're in desperation. I got to find those last hens. So they come in quiet. And that's why a lot of people don't like hunting these is because they'll come in quiet. They'll gobble once or they'll gobble twice. And it takes them a half hour to get into you because they're taking their own sweet time, making sure there's not a gobbler there that they have to fight with. So they come in there and they're sneaking in and I've had them so many times come in and all you can see is their head and then they'll sit back and just wait for a while and then pretty soon you see their head look at those decoys then they'll sit I've watched them come across a hay field and they get a hundred yards out and they lay down and every so many minutes they'll stand back up and look at the decoys and then they'll lay down then they'll get up and look and then they'll lay down then finally when they figure okay there's nothing there Pretty soon they'll just slowly meander over and work their way into that breeding hen, but they won't gobble anymore. They might gobble way off and gobble again, but once they get within that 100 yards, I've had it so many times, fifth and sixth season, where all of a sudden you'll be sitting there and you'll hear them gobble, you're like, all right, and he gobbles, gobbles, and then as soon as they start getting closer, nothing, you're like, eh, that bird left. And how many times is it late like that, and this has ever happened to you, Bruce, where all of a sudden you're like, you know what, he's done gobbling, I'm just going to get up and give up, he's gone. And you stand up and you walk 10 yards and he flies away. Ever happened to you those late seasons like that? You know? No. No? Because I haven't turkey hunted. I haven't turkey hunted. Oh, okay. So it's, uh, you know, you talk to these guys and they're like, yeah, it happens. And they watch and shake their head because he's coming in quiet. Or you'll sit there and all of a sudden out of nowhere you'll hear, thing starts going into full strut right behind you and you're like, Where'd that come from? Because it just got quiet. And you're like, okay. 
And so, you know, you change that up. You you hammer him hard to get, and then you get real quiet for 15, 20 minutes. Then you call again, get quiet. Let him sneak in to do that. You don't want to play, you know, that game that I'm really excited because then he's really going to back off. But he's probably going to come in, but he's going to come in really quiet. So you just have to be ready, get rid of any type of competition to him, and show you know that breeding hen and that feeding hen, and just have patience. That fifth and sixth season are all about patience, hunting food sources, uh, you know, hunting that ridge top water source area because it's warming up. They want to look for water too, so and and set those decoys up the right way, and that that's what you're really looking for in those last couple seasons. Wow, you just gave um, a big primer for you know turkey hunting, especially for guys like me, where people like me that don't have the turkey hunting experience, millions of guys out there and gals that do, but I'm sitting here going, okay, okay, okay. And uh, like I said, I'm in Colorado. There are turkeys in Colorado, no doubt. And I had planned to go to Nebraska this year and I've killed one turkey in my life and that was up in uh, Wyoming. And um, it wasn't really that much of a hunt. It's all set up. They said, sit in the blind and the set in the blind, they called the turkey in and I shot it. <laughs> Yeah. And then we I, then we went shooting prairie dogs for the rest of the next couple yeah, of days. That doesn't always happen that easy. So you know, sometimes it was that easy. It yeah, sometimes was I'll get easy. you out here and we'll have some fun. I mean, when they're at their peak gobbling, when they're doing their thing, it's a blast. I mean, there there's and like I said, the camaraderie part is why I like turkey hunting so much. Is uh and nothing against deer hunting because I, I love that and I love growing big deer. Um, I mean, I've got a consulting business. I help people grow big deer, and uh, which is a lot of fun. But like I said, I, I also I'm a people person, so I like you know sitting there with people and talking to them, especially when it's turkey season. You can do that. Well, um, again, let's take a segue here. How can people get in touch with you if they say, "Man, I want to find out more about turkey hunting or about your other businesses"? How how can they do that? They can go to my website, which is www.arthelenoutdoors, H-E-L-I-N, outdoors, with an S, dot com. Or they can go check out our YouTube page, uh, which is um, Art Helen Outdoors. There's also our Facebook Instagram, which is Art Helen Outdoors, Own the Season TV. Um, the women on our team, my wife and a couple of the women that film with us, have their own uh, Facebook page called uh, Women of Own the Season TV. Uh, so if you're a woman and just want to connect with them, you can do that also. Uh, but they're they're the best ways to get a hold of us um, or me. Uh, you can always um, look at that, and there there is uh, contact information on there as far as emails and stuff that you can uh, send me an email if you got questions. I'd uh, love to hear from you. Great. Well,